This is the Life School Podcast, episode number 198. And today, we're going to show you how discipleship looks less like one big thing and more like a million little things. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Here we are. Happy New Year on the new year. 160 hours into the year. You still look hungover, brother. No, (laughs) just joking. (laughs) That sounds so bad. Hey, so resolutions. <laughs> We're a weekend. Have you have you kept any? Have you broken any? Do you do them? You know what? I have kept a hundred percent of the resolutions I've made. None. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? The average person has broken all the resolutions eleven days. I think wow. that eleven days is the average or something. I, I don't know how they know. Any gym you drive by right now, like there's cars parked on the street and lines to get in. I mean, people. Just... I was at the gym yesterday. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Are they giving out free turkeys and cash? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it'll be that way, like, it'll be that way between the holidays and up until around the fourth or fifth, in my experience. Hmm. So, yeah. So I haven't done this. So right about now. (laughs) I haven't done this yet this year, but one resolution I was determined to make was that I will not eat at the same restaurant twice this year. Ooh. In our city, we got so much good food. Yeah, but you've got kids, man. Yeah, I know. It's hard. And and you don't get to see the listen, like, kids. You're gonna love this escargot. It's <laughs> it's yeah, costing mom and dad a fortune. You're gonna like. <laughs> there's a couple of places I frequent that I wouldn't want to ruin relationship with. But like, as far as like lunch meetings and stuff, it's like let's try something new. Okay, there you go. But you know, there's also the from a missional standpoint, if like by frequenting places, you get to know people. You get to well, know that's what I'm saying. You'd still have those that we visit. Yeah, like, to find for sure. Places like that. For sure. Hey, no, oh, I haven't broken any. How about you? You good? You, um, do you make a lot? No, I don't. I've yeah. been. I beat myself. I don't want to start the year beating myself up anymore. I will say this, though. And I probably, yeah, I do have some of this, though. I I like to set goals. <laughs> and I have found it, there's something kind of magical, mystical about it. When you set goals, you yeah. tend to hit them. Huh. It's weird. The The act of writing them down, discussing them, reviewing them, Going for them. somehow speaks, you know, like we get to... Sp- we have authority and we get to speak things, you know, and, uh, somehow it, it's, yeah, way more than when you don't have a goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So anyway. All right. So let me, uh, let's go. Let's get I'm into some spin stuff. this real quick. This is the spin zone. Can I'm swip, switching opportunities real right. quick. And I want to set you up with a question that leads into the rest of this episode. Boom. Let's go. When Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples, yeah. it wasn't like he was commanding us to do a specific set of classes or routine. Wouldn't that have been so much easier though? Oh, he said, go, That's what we're trying to do go and make disciples, and here's the nine lessons. Get him into, get <laughs> Thank him <into> you, that. <laughs> Jesus. Translated already into English. <laughs> it wasn't setting us into that, but, but more to enter into the everyday life, the moving from unbelief to belief in all areas. Yeah. Yep, Why we have we made this so much more complicated than it really is? Yeah. Really good question. We're going to solve this very right front of the year here, 2019, <laughs> fresh out of the... Womb and so, <laughs> well, I think, I think we've we've overcomplicated it, like you're saying, yeah. and I think we've also sort of dumbed it down. Hmm. And here's what I mean by that: we've made it like a set of learnings and head knowledge, discipleship, set of learnings and head knowledge, instead of an experience with others of how the gospel of Christ speaks into and shapes 
a million little things that all add up to the life we were created to live, hmm. his life. And so we overcomplicate it because it's this and it's that and it's going to, it's a lifetime of this and that. And, and it's like, you know, Jesus was here like on the planet for, you know, a shorter, shorter life sure. than he was here. And he was only doing public ministry with anybody for around three years. Yeah. And it says, you know, like and he, when he left, he said, well, there's so much more I'd like to tell you, but you couldn't handle it. Yeah. We'll talk more about that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think we have overcomplicated. Jesus did life, did normal life. And as things came up, as conversations, as he ran into spiritual people or spiritual numbskulls or broken people or downtrodden or outcast or people that were called or labeled certain things or lived different ways and all that, he, he then exposed them to the fa- Father's heart. He mm-hmm. exposed them to, no, but the kingdom is this way. And what's the kingdom? The kingdom is where God reigns and rules over our hearts and over our lives. And so when we're under the rule and reign of Christ, this is how it works. And so he was hipping his disciples to all of life. Here's mm-hmm. how it works in light of who my father really is and what is true of you, how he sees you. And that's why I came, by the way, you know, yeah. is that to restore you back to the way God originally created you. And so I, I, I kind of wonder, like, how many of our friends listening right now have been truly discipled in a way that was normal life and they experienced the good news of the gospel in time in real time with others speaking into and touching every area of normal life hmm. that's good because i've asked roomfuls of pastors of this Heath, you know speaking at conferences and stuff all the time sure and very 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 few have ever been really discipled hmm. and that's like they've been to seminary but they're like but but all of life and yeah. experience of it and how to really talk and use normal language and good news people and all one well, and we've talked about too. It's a multiplication, not an addition. So, if, how do you make disciples if you've never been discipled yourself, right? Right. Yeah. You know, discipleship that speaks into parenting and bedtime with kids. Well, how you got to see that then in someone's life, or dealing with disobedient kids, or th- discipleship that walks you through moral failures of your own or others in community, and then seeing what reconciliation and restoration looks and feels like. Or when someone loses a job or gets cancer or when a child goes wayward and loses or rejects their faith in God altogether. Hmm. The gospel and discipleship is about all of that stuff, man. It's not just sort of dumbed down or overcomplicated thing. It's all of life. It, and not in theory, but in practice. Yeah. The gospel's about all that. And it takes place in real life, in real time, and not during just a few classes in a church building when you're a new Christian and then that's it. Hmm. I know from talking offline with you that... Um, you saw some parallels between what we're talking about here and the new show on, on the network ABC called A Million Little Things, yeah. uh, <laughs> which people probably didn't see this question coming, but t- <laughs> tell me what you're seeing here. Between, yeah, I'm between hearing these. this title. It's a brand new show. It's called A Million Little Things, and they don't really tell you what that's about, but then you watch it and you kind of know. So for those who don't know, this, this, this newer show started out a few months ago last year, A Million Little Things, the main character within a group of friends and he's the one guy that they all really look up to and they think he has this perfect life and mm. he kind of looks like he is. Um, he commits suicide like right at the beginning. Oh, and then the, really the show's about his really closest best pal buddies mm-hmm. and his wife and all their wives and kids. They're all dumbfounded trying to figure out, well, why, how could it be? I mean, this guy had, he was, he was nice. He was perfect. He was wealthy. Sure. He loved with his wife, you know, how could it be? And that's what the show's all about. And, and, and what they find him and the rest the friends and all that and family slowly come to understand that there's no one thing that led up to this or the other issues that they're all facing in their lives and relationships. It was a million little things. Hmm. 
And so that's what the show is kind of unpacking. I'm not wow. saying it's the best show or anything. It's just sure. a show. But I was really intrigued by that. When I heard the title and then I understood the premise of the show, I thought, you know what? Like discipleship's the same way. Salvation's the same way. There's not one special prayer and a certain set of teaching or singular experience that saves and sanctifies us. Discipleship, this movement from unbelief to belief in all of life happens in a million little things, in like a million little ways. And yes, there is one singular life, Jesus's, and his death and resurrection that makes our new life and salvation in every area possible, but the way we experience and the way that sanctification uh, sanctification rather works its way out in everyday life and conversations is through a million little things. Yeah. And I want people to understand that. Like I want people to grasp it. Like, Hey, are you making disciples of people? Well, it's a million little things. Yeah, it's it's not like, it's thing. not like, Nope. Yep. I do a one-to-one breakfast with a guy and we sit and we have coffee, you know, every Monday morning and you know, got him to show up Sundays. Now he's in a class. Well, no, but yeah, what about yeah. all the million other things of his life? How are you seeing that? How's he yeah. seeing you live that out? How's he being exposed to the way you speak to your wife and your kids? And oh, the one child of yours, that's a little estranged. And how are you working through that? And how's the gospel keeping your heart pure in that? So you're not bitter and cause sure. you're hurt and all that. Like it's a million little things. That's what discipleship's like. Yeah, and you were saying that on the show that they chose the the kind of the saying everything happens for a reason to be one of the central characters prized phrases, right? Yeah, that's that's it's, his thing. He's and it sounds that. sort of true. Yeah. Well, it is sort of true. Everything What is it? Everything happens for a reason. It's sort yeah. of true. I mean, you think of Romans 8:28, right? It says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So apparently God is working out everything that happens for a purpose, Mm -hmm. his purpose and for a reason. And it's in this understanding that I think we recapture what discipleship is and was to Jesus and was always meant to be. Hmm. It's life on life, life in community and life on mission in the everyday stuff of life in a million ways in conversations and experiences and hurts and joys. And it's all happening for a reason. In other words, God is bringing experiences and people. And I, I just, I, I see everything in life as an opportunity for discipleship. Yeah. It's an opportunity. You're always in discipleship. People say, well, when do you start discipling somebody? The moment you meet. Yeah. As soon as you meet someone, they are witnessing what it looks like to either be submitted to God. He's ruling and reigning in your life to believe what's true about him and in your life and how you get to live and treat people. Or they're seeing what it looks like to live for self yep. and self rule. And maybe look just like the rest of the world. I don't know. But you're always in discipleship mode in a million areas of life. It's always happening at work, when you're sure. walking around the block, the way you speak to people, the way you have kids. Some per- person comes to the door who's, you know, from another faith and they're wearing gold badges and, you know, they're called <laughs> elder something and they want to talk to you right now. How are you treating those people? Yep. Your kids are watching how you treat people. You don't slam them. like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm a Christian. Like, boom, yeah. your kids are like, who's that? Oh, that's the... That's the fill in the blank, you know? It's like, oh. So we're always in discipleship mode. You know, you're talking everywhere, a million ways. You know, even as you're talking, I've been thinking back to episode 136 on, uh, I think we called it Why You Need to Get to Know the Holy Spirit Hmm. and the role of the Holy Spirit in salvation. And I think that a lot of times we view this as like, ah, it's my job to seal the deal. I have to get this person here so that he goes through my like preordained plan on how he becomes saved. And we take the Holy Spirit out of it. Uh, and we talk, we've already talked a little bit about how every situation is an opportunity to move from belief to unbelief in both word and deed and thought. But I think the thing that's really important is to remember that dependence on the Holy Spirit has to be central in all of this, right? 
Amen. Yep. Underline that. Bold that for sure. Boom. Otherwise, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Otherwise, we, we'd need to have been taught canned responses or have classes for every possible variation of every possible situation and conversation. Hmm. Remember, I was kind of tipping my hand to it a little while ago. Jesus talking with his disciples right before he left to go be with our Father in heaven. And he said, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. There's another translation that said, but you couldn't handle it. You can't handle it. You couldn't handle the truth. <laughs> I'm sitting on this wall. <laughs> so, no, John 16, 12 to 13. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you couldn't handle it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. Hmm. And he'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. From who? The Father. And that's what Jesus said. I only say what I've heard the Father say. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. This million little things of life in every little situation that is ripe for discipleship, if you're fluent in the gospel, mm-hmm. and you see these opportunities as discipleship versus, a, well, a class only, then how would you know what to say? Well, it's the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that knows. And, yeah. and the Spirit not only knows us and our past and our future, but also knows the heart and the fears and the unbelief of that that particular individual yeah. and that millionth little thing that you're currently involved with with them exactly so imagine that right having the omnipotent sovereign god spirit of the universe knows knows it all dwelling in you that you get to communicate about all these million little things and ways to help people move from unbelief to belief it's yeah. it's brilliant it's awesome it's it's, it's, it's beautiful it's yeah. beautiful man. you know i know you commonly use the expression what's next lord it's yeah. like a simple way of staying connected to the spirit in life and in discipleship. And I'm wondering if maybe you could take us through uh, maybe a time in your life where you use that model and have actually seen people becoming more like Jesus simply by taking things one step at a time. Yeah. Well, there's a ton of them. Um, I'll share one that, that, uh, that I, I kind of, I, I go into great depth in it in, in, in my book, Transformed, kind of near the end in, in a chapter called One Life to Live. But um, some very close friends of mine, uh, Seth and Stacy McBee, they won't mind me telling the story because it's already in the book. But um, they, uh, they, they were getting to the point where they were, they're starting to realize mm-hmm. the stuff we're talking about, that discipleship happens in everyday life. And, and, and there was opportunities all around them. And they, they wanted to start living more like missionaries in their neighborhood. But there was a problem not longer after they had moved into their new house, uh, Seth had gone around knocking on doors, quote unquote, evangelizing everyone. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And you have to know this guy. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> he's great. Yeah. yeah. He, he would ask them a series of questions that he had learned from a book and sort of trick people into admitting that they had lied in their life and probably stolen at least something small and maybe something like a pen or paper clip or something from work. And then he quoted a few verses from the Bible declaring that if they didn't believe in Jesus, they were going to go straight to hell. Wow. After all, they were confessing liars and thieves. <laughs> he was so rough on them. And so while there's some degree of truth in that, um, some, some uh, will in fact have to answer for our sins, you know, we've committed sure. in our life. Um, it's not a really well-received way of helping folks come to know the loving pursuit of God and his son, Jesus, right? Mm. So most people just told Seth, yeah, thanks, no thanks, man, slam the door, you know? <laughs> but he came to me and he asked me what he should do to get started on a better foot. And he wasn't stoked with my answer, and it's like what you were getting at. I told him, I said, I have no idea what you're supposed to do in your neighborhood exactly. Hmm. Uh, in general, yeah, uh, but that's ripe with opportunities. A million little things happen, and they're all going on. Sure. And I suggested that he and Stacy start praying and asking the Holy Spirit, what's next? Hmm. Like, what's next, Lord? And he, you know, he told me that my answer was a little underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks anyway kind of thing. Um, and he said that 
it, it was not giving his reforming legalist, you know, mind uh, to do list that he wanted, you know? Sure. <laughs> so anyway, um, but him and his wife, they went away and they prayed anyway. And he said it was kind of like half-hearted, like, okay, spirit, uh, I know. Can you tell me what's up with my neighbors, I guess, you know, and all that anyway. <laughs> amazingly, within a day or two and independent of each other, uh, Seth and Stacy felt like the spirit was telling him something pretty strange and a little weird. Hmm. And, but it was kind of like a little, you know, a little still small voice and they came and they shared what it was. And it was that they were, and this, they both heard the same thing. They were to move their barbecue grill from around back in their fenced yard and start grilling on Friday evenings out in front on their driveway. Oh, wow. And they live in a pretty tight little cul-de-sac neighborhood, sure. kind of suburban jammed in. And they said, okay, God sounds crazy, but here we go. Well, guess what? So that first Friday, you know, burgers are, you can smell the burgers and brats and everything grilling away in the neighborhood. People started stopping by to talk to him like, what's going on? What are you doing? This yeah. seems a little weird, you know, because no one's like grilling out in the driveway. Everybody had decks like crazy and fenced in yards and they just started inviting people. And then he's like, what do I, that was, that was pretty cool. People really dug it, you know, and he started having conversations and he was able to apologize for being a kind of a bad neighbor. <laughs> sure. you know? Seriously. Some people didn't even remember it, but, um, but people were saying stuff like, wow, we've lived here for four or five years now. We don't hardly know anybody. And he asked me like, well, what do I do next? I said, I don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit. And what he ended up doing then, the next thing he felt like, you know, that they did was, um, they started doing, he had his first annual wiffle ball tournament and chili cook-off. Awesome. Is that weird? Like the Holy Spirit yeah. had to have come up with that, you know, <laughs> they ended up doing it for a while. They made little super cheap flyers, you know, kind of crappy ones. And they, they went to all 153 homes in their subdivision. Wow. And, and they, people came out and they did it and they had 10 teams and over 250 people came and they, they dropped a couple bucks on trophies. And after that, a whole lot more people started showing up at the Friday night barbecues in the front yard. And Seth and Stacy and other people that were starting to form a community yeah. started very intentionally spending more and more of their time with people. Now, I got to jump way ahead for sake of time. Sure. It was not that long later, I would say within the year, and I have pictures and video of this, I get a little choked up thinking about it, where they were baptizing some of those neighbors. Wow in like a horse trough thing that they borrowed <laughs> in yeah. the backyard. And there's a slip and slide right next to it. And the grill is going and everybody's so having cool. a blast. But there was, there was two or three neighbors that had given their life to Christ. Uh -huh. And they were like, well, you're our church, you know, and they yeah. were, they were all part of Soma and they were part of, you know, but these people were brand new. They, they were just brand new to Christ and they wanted to seal the deal, you know? <laughs> and so the beautiful, they're yeah. baptizing these, these neighbors right That's there so in cool. the backyard, you know? So, but, I didn't know what to tell them. And, and, and there again, to, to your question, the Holy Spirit knows this and we have to be super dependent because we don't have the book of every situation and transitional statement. And, sure. and, and here's the, and some people think discipleships like that for whatever comes up, if you can give a chapter and a verse, mm -hmm. you just gospeled them. No, yeah, you just hit them up with information. Yep, exactly. The good news is good news in context jesus you know mm -hmm. like he didn't go up to a blind guy and feed him he gave him sight yeah a crippled exactly. guy he didn't go like hey you know here's your new job he's like no now you get to walk you know it's like so mm -hmm. good news is good news in context and the holy spirit always knows well, what's the very next thing yeah i love what's that the what's the thing next? i should say to this person or, or ask yeah. and just listen at this point you know so you don't have to hail mary that relationship no, you're yeah. always going to be in really really good hands if you stick with the spirit yeah so why do you think this idea of lay people making disciples is so foreign to us? Like, what is, if we were to kind of get at the thing that's going on in our hearts when we're not f feeling capable of doing this, uh, what what's really happening? Is it unbelief on our part? Is it sin on our part? Or is there maybe a systemic issue with it, the way the church is structured today? 
that's a lot of questions. I've got a million of them. And how do we move to fixing this? Yeah. Well, I, it might be a, it might be systemic in the church in in the sense that is it really really common in the church that your average you know person yeah. in there doesn't know how to make a disciple and probably doesn't even think they're supposed to it's someone else's job yeah maybe they're just supposed to invite people to church and let the professionals take over sure you know, kind of thing yeah it's probably systemic in that sense but I think it's maybe a little deeper than that Jesus said that he is the way and the truth and the life right underlying bold capitalized life he didn't say he was a way. And here's some suggestions, and I'm a weekend service. Yeah, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And we must get back, I think all of us get to get back to the realization that this life as Christians, this life redeemed, mm-hmm. is meant to be just that. And all of life, endeavor, and experience of the gospel, in a million little things, in a million situations, mm-hmm. ongoing and forever. We never stop being a disciple. We never, hopefully, stop making disciples. Yeah. And we'll never be able to fit this life of faith and true discipleship for that matter, primarily into a neat little one to two hour box two or three times a month. Hmm. Discipleship is a normal lifestyle for Christians. Please hear that. That's good. If nothing else, discipleship's a normal lifestyle for Christians, not meant to be rare or weird or done primarily by professionals. Hmm. So are, are you living the life that Jesus came and died to give you? Hmm. Are you living as a family of missionary servants that sees the call and the command and privilege of making disciples as part of your highest calling and a fulfillment of God's eternal purpose in the world. That's what's behind discipleship. It is. You get to, this is the life you were created to live forever. And it starts now here. And I can say as somebody who's come from a very structured way of doing church, that actually living this way, the what's next and, and having numerous communities live in this what's next. It's so fun seeing how creative the Holy Spirit is in pursuing people's hearts. It's so freeing. It's yeah, it is. all locked up. I don't see this guy. I don't know what's going to do next. What if, what if they start coming over? I don't have what a relationship, do? but maybe I'll give them this What flyer. do I do after they start coming? I was like, I don't know. Ask the Spirit. Uh, yeah, you know, next? All you need to know is what's next. You don't need the next 10 steps. You don't need yep. the next 100 steps to glory. All you need is the next one. <laughs> and just do that, you know? Yeah. Man, so let's get to the big three. The big three takeaways we want people to leave with right now. And you can get them for free. By going to 123lifeschool.com. Free download. Yep. We'll give them to you now, but in case you're at the gym or driving, don't, yeah. Don't stress. 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what are the big three takeaways for this week? Okay, so I the first one, I, I'm going to hit it again. I just said it twice, but discipleship is the normal lifestyle for a Christian. Hmm. And if you're, if you're listening to this going like, I'm not discipling anybody, it's not normal. Hmm. I mean, it may be common. But it's it's not it's not what Jesus planned and hoped yep. for you. Jesus never intended that most Christians would know some stuff about him, but never really become like him and then meet up in heaven someday. <laughs> that, that wasn't his hope. Becoming like Jesus happens while being his disciple and making other disciples. There's no other way to maturity in Christ. Mm-hmm. There's not. You just you will not get mature with a private, personal, quiet time and a sitting in silence listening to someone else talk about it. You gotta get out of the boat. You gotta get wet. You gotta make some disciples. Jesus knew that. That's why he commanded it. Hmm. That's why he modeled that lifestyle. Second one, discipleship, and you said it earlier, we've said it a million times, but it's it's a big it's a big takeaway. Discipleship is the process of moving from unbelief to belief about who God truly is and what he's done in and through Jesus and what is now true of you in your life in a million little things. Hmm. Living out of this truth increasingly and helping others do the same is what discipleship's all about. And it's how we experience salvation here and now. Jesus said, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, 
you are my disciples for sure. And then you'll experience for yourself the truth and the truth will free you. Mm. That's a message version of, yeah, of John. Yeah, I love that, man. Right? Beautiful. And the third is open up your heart and life to the gospel. Hmm. No longer be content with securing a place in heaven, but grasp a hold of the life that Jesus came to give you now. Yes. In community with others. Let your redemption show. Let people see what God's doing and still working on as it happens. And always be asking the Holy Spirit for guidance and insight on behalf of others and for yourself. And it may seem scary, I know, or risky. All great adventures start with a first step. Hmm. What next, Lord? What is the very next step you want me to take? If you'll pray that and listen and be obedient to that, you're on your way. It's fun too, man. Yeah, Yeah, it's, It's the adventure of a lifetime. You get the Big 3 download again by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash Big 3. We'll get those to you right away. Uh, time's up for Zip now. right away. Zip. Faster than... As that was fast a quick as episode, huh? Yeah. A lot of content, too. Flew by, brother. Hey, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, go to Facebook in the search bar, type in Life School Podcast. Caesar or I will approve you to the group. And if you haven't uh, left us a review or a star rating on iTunes, it's really helpful as it gets this show out in front of new listeners and... And if you like the show, every week on on Facebook we we post a link to it. Share it on your share it on your Facebook wall and share it with your friends and let them know why you like this show. That helps us out as well. Next week we are poking a beast. <laughs> <laughs> poking the beast. <laughs> poking the old beast of tithing. Tithing. Uh, we're going to talk about tithing. Is it Old Testament? Is it old school? Is it <laughs> New Testament? Is it biblical? Is it for us? We have um, lots to get to on that tithing Ooh, episode. Wow. A few weeks ago, we mm. talked about climate change, and now that, t- that ticked off a lot. <laughs> now we're going after money? Oh, my gosh, Heath. But you know what I love is that the purity is that we want to see Jesus in all of this, and so it's it's not like we're just going after topics that are hot-button topics. Uh, this but is normal life. This is the stuff. Yeah. So, great. Tithing. Thanks for being with us. Yeah. This we is hope awesome. You, hope you join us next week. Thanks for being with us today. For more information, you can visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast.